Greg Dubuis is a sound engineer and producer. His is a job that can attract many of you, young people, because it's technical yet creative, it's linked to music and video production, and as you will hear from Greg, there's lots of applications for sound engineers, such as expos, concerts, albums, conferences, video gaming, TV, movies, you name it. But enough with my intro, here we go. So we can go straight into the questions. Thanks a lot, uh, Greg, for being here. I highly appreciate. I would love to hear from you. What is your job and what do you do daily? Hey, hi. Thank you for having me here in this show. It's wonderful, really. I'm a sound engineer's producer. Mainly, I do recording, mixing, mastering is the last step in music production, for music, for film as well. And I believe that's it. Um, so if I understand correctly from what you told me just uh, before the interview, this is what you've been doing your whole life, right? And when did you know that you wanted to become a sound engineer? Uh, it starts when I was really young. I mean, like a child. I didn't know that I would like to be a sound engineer or producer, but uh, I really feel that I need to do something in music. And I'm still a dreamer. I still think that music, movie, can kind of heal or change the world. So, yeah, really, really young, I believe. And then the past was not so simple. <laughs> Because I didn't like school at all. I was not my stuff. And then I did an electronic school here in Switzerland, because it was the normal path to go to, to sound engineering. And then I moved to Paris, uh, did a school of audio engineering called SAE, uh, School of Audio Engineering. And then I finished first, because when it's your passion, you can do it, no problem. So you had the highest uh, marks at, at the school. So that's awesome. So you, how old were you when you finished school? And then what, what did you do first? Like, how did you f look for your first job? I finished really young because uh, I skipped one year at school. And I start school one year before the other. So I finished at around 21 21, exactly, 21 mm -hmm. years old. And then for my first job, I start in Paris, uh, doing, we call that in France, uh, assistant. In America, we call it a bit of a runner. Mm -hmm. The runner is uh, going stuff for the studio. <laughs> <laughs> And I start with different uh, jobs like that in Paris, Plus 30, Davou, some, some studio like that, that all closed now, unfortunately. Has it changed in the last, uh, you know, 20 years, 20 odd years, uh, the way that you produce sound and you uh, actually engineer sound for films and for, and for music? It totally changed. I mean, upside down. The whole industry yeah. went almost bankrupt and nobody saved this industry. I never fully understand why. Because newspaper had the same issue and then we saved the newspaper stuff. Uh, movie have the same issue, and we save uh, this field. But for music, we don't care. It's really strange. It's a market stuff, they said. Okay, it's market. Okay, it's market. I never fully understand that. And 
Yeah, we changed a lot because at the beginning, I mean, in the 60s, 70s or 80s, we need a lot of money to, to run a studio because the console that we use can approach a price of $1 million. Yeah, it was wow. really, really expensive. Only the, the big label like Universal, Warner had some studio, nobody else. Mm. And then the computer come in and then the story changed because it was not the same price. I mean, like with 3,000 francs, you can, you can do now what we can do with a multi-million studio in the past. So it's really changing, yeah, for the good and for the bad. That's what I wanted to get to, you know, because now, of course, the access to sound engineering has opened to um, a vast majority. You know, you can, it's like when you're, you're doing videos and you can post them on YouTube, etc. You can actually be seen uh, much more than before. Uh, so the entry point is, is wider. Does it affect in terms of uh, quality and maybe talent, at, let's say sourcing, when, when you actually have more options to, to produce your own, uh, your own sound? Of course, totally. It changed a lot. Uh, I mean, more people means more stuff, not for the good in terms of quality, but there is some guys that can do some stuff that was not possible before, and they bring something new to the market. And you are like, wow, that's, that's really crazy. <laughs> and we like that. So for me, it's uh, both. So let's go back to your years of, uh, you know, your younger years when you were just starting. If, if someone was at your point, you know, in life, uh, young and um, wanted to explore the sound engineering profession, are there ways to get to that job um, while you're studying or before you actually can make a decision that will affect your life? Back in the day, there was no school to do this. So it was really, you have to learn it the hard way. I mean, no shortcut. <laughs> you need to go straight to the studio and work, 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 work. I mean, it was the only way to do it. But now there is a lot of different school all around the globe. And it's more easy to learn that. But it's a bit like all the big chief. I mean, if I talk about cooking, uh, mm -hmm. the hours are crazy. The salary is not so good. So the first thing is patient. <laughs> that passion. Patient, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that is the most important thing. You have to, to have the patient to do this. So passion is key. Now, but can you live off of sound engineering? You know, can you have family or can you, you know, just sustain yourself as a sound engineer? Um, and uh, is it rewarding in a large sense? Yes, it's possible to live uh, from sound engineering, but it's definitely not easy. And I believe that what I do in Switzerland, maybe, I don't know, 10 person can live about that. Mm. It's not so much. <laughs> really, in the field of the studio, I mean studio, because the studio really, as I told before, almost go bankrupt. So it's really difficult. But in the meantime, you can work for TV, radio, internet, gaming, 
mm-hmm. gaming yeah. are really present now. It's the first industry of uh, entertainment. And then you can work as well in live. But <laughs> once again, uh, the COVID shake the whole things up and down. And even in live now, it's more complicated because there, were, there was a lot of people during the pandemic that just think about their life, uh, the hour they make, the salary they get. And they said, okay, we need to change life. So there is a lot of people in the live industry that changed totally. And they're still in the business? Not this business, <laughs> a different one. I mean, they go to, I don't know, supermarket or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole other topic, uh, what uh, the pandemic has uh, made us think uh, differently about the quality of our life. And uh, I do imagine that sound engineering uh, is uh, long hours, it's like produ- you know, it is producing. Let's talk about the studio life, because it's, it's interesting, you know, because you're in it and you know what you do. What is a, like a typical day of, of your studio life and what does it make it so you know, hard to live from this than, than other, other projects such as uh, you know, working for external um, productions or music projects? For me, a typical day at the studio, um, but it changed because... <laughs> I can now set up my, my day. So it's different than at the beginning. Uh, because at the beginning, if I really talk about the beginning, my longest session was 36 hours nonstop. Wow. Can you believe this? 36 hours in London with Ronnie Size, a very well-known uh, artist back in the day, I mean. Uh, 36 hours. So it was totally crazy because we work, we work, we work, we work. And then we go sleep, then we go back to the studio, we hit play, and we say, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) So we had to do it again and again. So that is definitely not a good idea. Now that I can choice, I have the choice now, to be honest, Mm -hmm. about the hour. So I start normally at 9 o'clock, and I try to finish at, I don't know, 6, 7, sometimes 8 But I try to finish early because I have uh, twins, so I need to be home now (laughs) to work a little bit extra hour, but for the kids now. So it's really really different than in the past. But in the past, I can work from, I don't know, nine to to midnight, for example. So it's not an issue. Yeah, it really depends. I mean, you can have some uh, day session, you can have some night session. So I don't know, it's changing all the time. So in the studio, you produce um, like music albums and, and the likes. And then outside is uh, when, when you say non-studio jobs that are maybe easier to get, what kind of jobs are they? In a studio, yeah. Music, basically. All kind. I always try to do all kind of music. But it's very difficult because when you do something that really hit the spot, uh, everybody come to you and say, okay, you the guys to do it, this and... And then the other guy don't want to come to see you. If, for example, if you did something uh, like in the electro music, I don't know how you want to call it, but electro and it was a big success, then every other artist coming for the electro music. And then the classical ones say, okay, you do electro music, we don't go to this guy because mm. he do electro music. So that's, for me, that's the most difficult fight that I try to achieve because I, I, I love 
every kind of music. Uh, the music needs to talk to me. So if it talk, I would like to work in with this music. So whatever. So th that is really difficult. I mean, music business, <laughs> definitely. I do music for movie, so it's different. Uh, I really enjoy. That's more like classical jazz. It could be rap music as well. So I don't know, but I really enjoy to do uh, music for for movie. I do more and more. And outside the studio, uh, yeah, we can do some different job. I mean, like as as I said before, uh, live music. You can earn uh, some money in this field. You can do, there is a lot here in Switzerland, and I do some stuff like that. Uh, it's conference uh, stuff. I mean, when I mean conference, it's just the audio-visual stuff. I mean, the microphone, uh, the video, the PowerPoint. We all know that. Yeah, in conference in Switzerland, is a huge market. I mean, from Geneva to Montreux, It's all different. Uh, we have a lot of headquarters here, uh, you know that. Uh, so there is always conference. So we always need someone to do the, all the technical stuff. Uh, so uh, there is this field as well. Um, as I said, gaming. Gaming is like a huge industry now. So you need to be aware of that. And I would like to work more and more for gaming. You can do like in the theater, You can work uh, for movie outside. You can work at the radio, as I said, or TV, for example. Great. So there are many options. There are still today many options. And we'll see also in the future how it will change. I'll get back to that later. But uh, as a sound engineer, can you give me a few examples of uh, what is it that you engineer? What does it mean to engineer sound? Like in concrete examples. You sure you want to answer? Because you're going to take time, huh? Uh, really? <laughs> okay, so let me categorize that, like as I said before, uh, recording. Recording is just a um, process to put some microphone in front of people, a um, musician, and just to record the instrument. Uh, it could be a voice as well, so, uh, and to record. And then you have like, I don't know, 20 tracks, 30 tracks, 40 tracks. But nobody can listen at that at home. You listen to a stereo stuff mm -hmm. or mono stuff. I don't know, but stereo now. So that is the recording. That is the process of the recording. First, you need to capture the music. Then, when you have finished to capture, you have to mix it. Mixing is about to take all these different channels or tracks and then put it together in, in the sense of you need to have two channels at the end. So that is the job of the mixing. Mm -hmm. uh, you can use a lot of different stuff to achieve that, but that is the job of mixing. And then the last one uh, is called mastering. And mastering, there is both sides, artistic and technical stuff. The artistic is just like when you build a car, Then you paint the car, and then you polish the car. So mastering is polishing. It's like do it all the final stuff. You make it shine the music, uh, beautiful. That translate in different uh, system. I mean, everybody listen to music to on different system. It could be headphones. It could be a speaker. It could be. Uh, I don't know, uh, TV, mm -hmm. radio, I don't know. So the music needs to trans translate 
and that is the artistic part of this. And the technical side is like really <laughs> technical. It's put uh, the, the tracks in the right order, track one, track two, track three, to do the fade in, fade out, uh, put the name. Uh, it's really technical. Mm -hmm. So that is the three aspect of, of my job that I do almost every day. So it's recording, mixing and mastering. Now you know what is mastering. That's good because, you know, there's, there's so much behind the word and maybe, you know, for instance, my first question, if I were to choose this job, you know, if I'm attracted to it, but don't know enough, but like, is there creativity in your job? Like, do you actually create music? It depends. But for me, yes, <laughs> that's the key. That's the key is creativity. But in the sense that I always try to understand what the people want exactly and not what I want. That is totally different. <laughs> I have my ID. I know what I would like to do. But at the end of the day, we don't know if it's what they want. So I need to really, really understand what the people want first. It's kind of when you go to uh, psychology. <laughs> it's the same. I do the same things. I speak with the people. I understand what they want. And then I make my process. And for me, I don't care about technical stuff. I really don't care. For me, it's totally artistic and creative. So for me, yes. I like this image of you being the psychologist of sound. <laughs> so that's clear now. And um, now you've done this for, what, a couple of decades? Yeah. A couple of decades. What have you learned today that you say, oh, I wish I had known that at the beginning of my career would have saved me so much time or sorrow or pain or difficulty? Okay, so I almost did that for 30 years now. And what I can say to answer your question is known. Because every success, every failure, everything told me something. So if I need to do it, I want to do it the same again. Because you learn doing mistake. You learn doing failures. So for me, <laughs> life, life is the lessons and mistake or failure is the teacher. So definitely the same one. No shortcut, no nothing. The same. Thank you. That's a, a great advice. <laughs> uh, we, we were talking about soft skills. You know, you were talking about passion. You were talking about the psychology aspect, you know, understanding what the client wants. What are the hard skills, you know, what you really need to, to know uh, in order to be a, a sound engineer? Yeah, I can, like I said before, uh, maybe it's the technical aspect of it because you need to be good in electronics. You need to understand all the signal paths and how to deal with all the different technical stuff. So maybe that is the most difficult part of the stuff. But for me, it's not the most difficult part of the stuff. Mm -hmm. For me, the most difficult is to understand clearly what the, what the people want or attend for me. For me, it's the artistical, uh, definitely uh, the most difficult part of it. But it's easy for me to say that because I, I'm in this field for 30 years, so... So it's really easy to say that. I mean, in the sense of, I know exactly how it works. 
So I don't have to care about how it works. It, it, for me, it's normal. It's, it's just like when you do a coffee, you push the button and, okay, the coffee appears. So for me, it's the same. For me, it's exactly the same. I know which button to press, what I need to do. But the difficult part, still the human, still the creativity, the, the, the way you want to go. And for me, that is the difficult part. Do you remember the very first time you mixed music or engineered some music when you were maybe uh, in your room and you were a kid? you remember that? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, it was uh, uh, with my parents uh, at home and with my first vinyl, uh, of course. Of course, playing vinyl. Play. And I remember I, I tried to save money to buy the first CD player And then I, I bought as well the first CD uh, to offer to my to my mom, and I was like, "Wow, that is crazy! That is numerical way of listening the music. That is crazy listening to music." Yeah, it's just like it was like yesterday, honestly. That's great. I think we're we're lucky to have uh, lived that in our lifetime. This is such a big uh, change over the years. And looking at the future, how do you think, how do you see the industry changing, you know, with more technology coming in, with uh, artificial intelligence, virtual reality and all that? We call everything metaverse. And how do you think it's going to change with, for your job? Wow. You sure want to answer this question? Because it's going to be like... Yeah, one minute. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Because I'm not Nostradamus. I don't know the future. I don't know all that. But what I can say now is that I'm still thinking that we need sound engineers more and more because the market open more and more. Uh, but I don't know about the salary, honestly. I don't know what's going to happen. AI is really present now. We have some stuff with AI called plugin. Some stuff that you put in your computer that do some calculation or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and they use the AI. But for now, for me, the main issue with AI in our field is that sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, I mean, it's not with a human. A human, you can explain what is wrong, good, whatever. But with AI, it's more difficult. Is you, how you can say, okay, this result is not good. So what you can do? Nothing. <laughs> that is the, yeah, AI, I don't know. I, I read something, I don't know, two weeks before. A human, you present three pictures of a cat. The human know that what is a cat. AI, you need like, I don't know exactly, but 40,000 of picture to know that it's a cat. Do you understand? <laughs> We still have a lot to do in AI, honestly. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of AI, honestly. Um, and what about the future? <laughs> As I told you, I believe that we still need sound engineers. But as I told you at the beginning of this interview, the music business went up or down, and now it's streaming. Uh, you need to see uh, a beautiful documentary if you have Netflix uh, called The Playlist about Spotify. Okay. It's brilliant, really. Okay. They are all genius. The, the guy who did all the stuff are genius. But the last, the last episode, I don't want to 
talk <laughs> too much. Exactly. But what I can say is the last episode is about the artist themselves. And then you understand the whole stuff. I stop it here. But <laughs> I don't know. The future may be bright or no. I don't know. We need to, to live to know the answer. And since the beauty of this podcast is that it's not based on advertising, uh, it is a, an honest uh, recommendation uh, for to, to watch the playlist. And uh, actually, I'll have a look. Hopefully, it streams here in, in Switzerland. And uh, so I want to thank you very much, Greg, because uh, it has been very interesting. It's a great insight into the life of a sound engineer. Uh, it's very specific. It's very passionate. And uh, I wish you all the best for your future and for the remaining of your career. Career. Thank you. Really appreciate that. And I hope I, I give you an interest in this field. And I really would like to thank you to be part of this podcast because for me, it's, it's really a good idea and it's brilliant for the young, for the less young as well. So I hope uh, to give you kind of a window on our market and If you have any question, uh, I believe that we leave uh, my email or my contact. Uh, you, can, you can write, there is no, no problem. So I wish you all the best with this podcast and uh, see you soon. Bye. We need to live to know the answer of the future of sound engineering, that's for sure. But I'm confident that technology will enhance even more the importance of audio in our lives. I mean, look at podcasting alone. Audio has changed the way we relate to mediatic content. If you want to ask Greg questions directly, he'll be happy to answer. Please write me a note and I will put you in touch. Bye for now and thanks for listening.